Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you given much thought to how living in such a fast-paced, get-it-now culture affects your faith? God's promises often involve waiting, and He is not about to change His ways for us. So what do we do? The answer is, we turn to the pages of the Bible and watch how God wants to develop the faith and maturity of His people while they wait. Of course, that means you and I have to be willing to trust God while we wait. Can we? Abraham faced this challenge in Genesis chapter 15, yet God was at work. Let's join Pastor Jim for the conclusion of his message, How Do You Know You Can Trust God? Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, thank you for coming. Please, it's important that we understand what this is. It is the holiness of God, the holy perfection of God, is what reveals us as sinners. The scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That would be all. Because the comparison is not to one another. The comparison is to the glory of God. Therefore, take the worst criminal you can think of and know that when it comes to glory, we, I, am closer to him than I am to the glory of God. So it is the holiness of God that reveals us as sinners, not, catch this, loved ones, not what overly religious people say. In our studies in James, we said religion is a word that is not really spoken of very well in the Bible. It is the outward appearances of being godly. Oh, I'm so godly, just ask me. But inward, the heart is blah. So being a sinner is related to the holiness of God, not to what self-righteous religious people tell you. Hebrews 10.31 says this, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Fearful thing. Another version says it is a terrifying thing. It is a dreadful thing. So here you have Abraham, the father of all who would believe. God, this, is, this is God's man for the time, for the ages. And he's in the presence of God and he is terrified. I hear people say, I'm not afraid of God. Well, you should be. You should be. Now, I talked years ago when God came to an arrogant 28-year-old who happened to share the same name, address, and social security number as me. He stomped on me like the cockroach that I was. And that was in 1988. And look at me. I still remember that moment. I still remember. I will never forget that. And I hope I feel this way about it till the day I die. And I can tell you this, I'm afraid of him. I love him. I feel loved by him, but I am afraid of him. And anybody who says they're not is a fool, is a complete fool. Why would the writer to the Hebrews say this? 
because he says the reason you, should, you and I should be afraid of God is because we insult the cross of Christ when we are dismissive of it. And he says, and we insult the spirit of grace. God offers his grace to us, and we thumb our nose at it. And that's why we should be afraid. Verse 13, then he, God said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers. Some versions say foreigners, others say sojourners. In a land that is not theirs and will serve them. And they will afflict them 400 years. Another version says they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. This is Joseph and and Jacob and eventually Moses. This is 400 years of God's people going down to Egypt. Verse 14, and also the nation whom they serve I will judge. That's the Passover. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. That's with Moses. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, counting here generation as 100 years, they shall return here for the iniquity or the sin of the Amorites, part of the Canaanites, is not yet complete. So, he says, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go down, Abraham. Eventually, your descendants are going to go down to Egypt for 400 years. Because I'm going to give the Amorites, the Canaanites, some of the most wicked people this planet has ever seen. You sacrifice live babies as a religious rite. I'm going to give them 400 years to change their mind about me. I'm going to give them 400 years to repent. So Abraham hears something that that he may not want to hear and you and I may not want to hear. We talked about it in Hebrews 11. What's that? That God's plans can take a long time. Can take a really long time. And because... I'm not mean, I don't want to be mean. This is just an observation. And because so many Christians are driven by their own feelings and their own opinions and not by the word of God, waiting on God eats them alive. Eats them for lunch. So God tells Abraham the honest truth It's going to be a few generations, your grandkids, great-grandkids, and then it's going to be another 400 years or more, comes out to about 430, until your descendants get the promised land. Even then, some of the people that we'll get to at the end of this chapter, it will take over a thousand years until King David gets them out of the land. Now, here's what we have to remember. We, we think that you know, people in the Bible are like, oh, great, God, no problemo. 400 years, hey, piece of cake, nothing. 
It's very clear, it's particularly clear in the New Testament with the apostles who traveled with Jesus and other people who traveled with Jesus, that the people thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. They thought immediately. And this has been the case of the church throughout history. You know what we learn from history? That we don't learn from history. And throughout history, prophecy buffs and now prosperity preachers make money off Christians who hate to wait. They'll promise you that you can be rich tomorrow. Just do this. Coincidentally, it has to do with giving them money. Wow, what a surprise. How convenient. But they know that you hate to wait. So this is how you can, you know, pre-inherit some of heaven. They also know that <laughs> this, is a, this is such an American thing. People in the rest of the world is like, what's up with you people? Uh, in the United States, every event that happens is the end times. You know, new president comes along. Every time a new president comes along, everybody wants to play pin the tail on the Antichrist. And they're like, well, this has got to be, this has got to be it. This has got to be the end. And the same guys have been peddling these things for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And they're always wrong. At least you give them that. They're consistently wrong. But, you know, the interesting thing, when you read the scriptures and you, and you look at Christians throughout history, instead of thinking when world events turn bad, instead of just immediately going to, well, it's the end times, and it is actually the end times. The end times is between the t- Jesus' first coming and second coming. But saying that it's all over, that God's coming back today, you know what they did? They rushed in to help where they could. I'm not saying we don't look forward to the blessed appearing of our Lord. I'm not saying we don't look forward to the fact that today could be the day any one of us or all of us could meet God. But suppose he doesn't show up in our lifetime. Plenty of Christians have gone before us, so shouldn't we live as if he could come today or as if we're going to live to a ripe old age? See, I can't say I agree with God on this, but I can't say he asked me either. God God does not operate on my timetable. God does not operate on your timetable. God does not operate on anyone's timetable, nor is God in a hurry like we are. I mean, do you see what he's saying to Abraham right now? Do you see what he's saying? He's saying to him, Abraham, you remember that I promised you the land? There's one little catch to it. You will not see the fulfillment of that promise for the land in your lifetime. You're not going to see it. That's what he just told him. Now, do you think that maybe Abraham might say, I'm out of here? That's what a lot of people would do, wouldn't they? He says to him, your descendants are going to end up in Egypt. Will I give these wicked people who you are surrounded by right now, I give them, their kids, their grandkids, I give them over 400 years to repent. Now, a lot of people will tell you they object to the fact that Joshua comes in 
in the book of Joshua comes into Canaan and he just starts wiping people out. But, but there's a couple things with that. That shows us that giving all that time to wait, that shows us that, that Joshua's invasion was God's justice, not God just having a bad day. Now, sometimes I talk to people and they go, you know, I got a big problem with God wiping out all those people in the Old Testament. And I go, we got something in common. I do too. What's your problem? And they go, well, that he did it. I go, oh, that's not my problem. Hey, what's your problem? I go, that he waited 400 years to do it. <laughs> like, how could anybody be that patient? I would only, only have to hear a couple stories about that stuff. And, you know, let's, let's go. Shock and awe. Once again, the Lord is honest with Abraham. While my people wait in Egypt, it is going to be a long and difficult time for them. It's going to involve a lot of suffering for them. Acts chapter 14, verse 22, after Jesus has ascended into heaven, the apostle Paul and Barnabas, they had started a bunch of churches. They were working their way out, started churches, and on the way back, they wanted to see how they were doing. This is what they were doing, Acts 14, 22. They were strengthening the souls of the disciples, the disciples mainly a learner and follower of Jesus, exhorting or encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations, some versions say trials, some, people, some say troubles, some say hardships, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, most of us hear that verse or we read that verse and we only catch the end. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. But look what it says at the beginning they were strengthening the souls of the disciples and they were exhorting or encouraging them. Isn't it an amazing thing that God says, knowing this truth and still trusting me, I promise you, I will strengthen you. I promise you, I will encourage you. But what do we have to do? What's our part? We have to fight off the vultures. We have to fight off the vultures. Which, which would include the guys on television. A lot of guys out there telling you, oh, well, just do what I say and everything will be fine. That is not true. Does that look like everything's going to go great? No. But this shows us the honesty and integrity and the trustworthiness of God. As he says to all of us, he says to Abraham, he says to us, he says, I will preserve you through your sufferings. It's also like God saying to us, I will be honest with you all of the time. I'm not going to lie to you. I know, it's like God's saying to all of us, I know my promises seem hindered by time. I know my promises seem hindered by suffering, but they are not. They are not. It's like the Lord is saying, I am not some phony preacher that makes phony promises to you, and that's why you can trust me. Because I'm going to tell you the truth every time, whether you like it or 
or not. Verse 17, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, there appeared a smoking oven, some versions say a fire pot, and a burning or flaming torch that passed between those pieces. Now, most likely this is a preview. It's not going to take place for till after that 400-year period with Moses when the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire is with the people out in the wilderness in the book of Exodus. So, all of a sudden, Abram's asleep, right? He's passive in all this. He sees this fire pot, this smoke, this flaming torch go through the pieces. He's not going through. It's only the, the smoke, the cloud, if you will, and it's the torch. Verse 18, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. We'll say that the, what happened, the Lord cut a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I, will, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites, and to stop you people from coming up after me after the service, and the termites. <laughs> so we can't miss what happens here. 2,000 years before Jesus Christ, God himself walks in between these cut animals without Abraham. God says to Abraham, I will make this covenant without you. I will make it without you. I will be faithful to you, Abraham, even to death, if that's what it takes to keep my promise to you. Now, some people say, well, that's impossible. How could God stop being God? Well, you know, how could God stop keeping, not keeping, how could he not keep his promise? So how do you know you can trust God? God says, I'm willing to give it all up, all of it up, if I don't keep my promise to you. God says, I'm willing to suffer for covenant failure. I'm even willing to die for covenant failure. But this is what happens, loved one, and this is the picture that we all need to see. God is saying to Abram at that point in time, I am going to take the responsibility for both of us. I'm going to take it for myself, Abram, but since you didn't walk through, since you were sleeping on the job, I'm going to take the responsibility for you too. What does that tell you? That tells you and I that the eternal God would rather be torn apart than lose his people. That's what he's saying, Abraham. I would rather I be torn apart than lose you. That's why Abraham trusted God. He saw that God's commitment to him was of grace and of God's goodness, not because Abraham was a good person. Remember his failure in Egypt? You say, I don't. We'll come back next week. It won't be long for the next one. <laughs> if you're not a follower of Jesus, then you are in God's eyes like the Amorites, the Canaanites, your time is not yet complete, yet the Scripture says, now is the day of salvation. Today is your day. 
Today is your day. Again, next week, he'll fail to keep the covenant. You and I fail to keep it. And yet God was the only one to walk through between the animals. What does that really mean? Well, to answer that question, we have to take a 2,000-year journey forward to the foot of the cross where God himself became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And on the cross, having been whipped savagely to the point in time where they said you couldn't even recognize him, being nailed to a cross, what's happening? Jesus is being torn to pieces. That's what's happening. And then soon, darkness comes over the land, just like it did for Abraham. But the fire of God's judgment, why it didn't go on Abraham, the fire of God's judgment rained down upon Jesus Christ. But not for his sins. For mine. For yours. That's why Jesus died on the cross personalize it. You ask people, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? People go, he died on the cross for our sins. You know what? That means nothing until you say, he died on the cross for my sins. It means nothing until you can honestly say to people, if everybody else in the world was perfect, he still would have needed to die on the cross because of my sins. Because I was not holy like God. Jesus is not guilty. He's perfect. But he takes the place of the guilty. Why? Because only Jesus can get us to the other side. We couldn't get ourselves into this world. We can't get ourselves out of this world. Only Jesus can get us to the Father's house. On that day, the covenant curse fell on Jesus. And only by you and me placing our trust in Jesus do we get the benefit of the, co of the covenant curse that fell upon Jesus. What was it? Well, we saw it last week, verse 6. Abraham believed or trusted God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The great benefit, the great blessing of the new covenant. Today, do you need assurance from God? Do you know that it's at your disposal every minute of the day by just picturing the cross, and seeing how Jesus was cut, how Jesus was torn in pieces for you, and he shed what he called at the Last Supper, the blood of the new covenant. That was the day when God's promise was paid with God's own blood. The Apostle Peter would write these words, First Peter Chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold 
from your aimless conduct, some versions say futile ways, received by the tradition of your fathers. What does that tell us? That tells us that religion cannot save us. It cannot. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, meaning it was perfect. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for you. You say, okay, I get it. I get it. But can I really, really trust God? If you're taking notes, jot down Romans 8.32. He, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. There's the cross. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Friends, because of the cross and resurrection, you can trust God. You can trust him when things are going well, but you can even trust him when things are hard. You can even trust him when the future is unknown because he is trustworthy, so trustworthy that he gave his own life for you. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.